Chapter Twelve of Isaac Bickerstaff. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Isaac Bickerstaff, Physician and Astrologer, by Richard Steele. Chapter Twelve: Happy Marriage. From my own apartment, November Sixteenth. There are several persons who have many pleasures and entertainments in their possession, which they do not enjoy. It is therefore a kind of good office to acquaint them with their own happiness, and turn their attention to such instances of their good fortune, which they are apt to overlook. Persons in the married state often want such a monitor, and pine away their days, by looking upon the same condition in anguish and murmur, which carries with it, in the opinion of others, a complication of all the pleasures of life, and a retreat from its inquietudes. I am led into this thought by a visit I made an old friend, who was formerly my schoolfellow. He came to town last week with his family for the winter, and yesterday morning sent me word his wife expected me to dinner. I am, as it were, at home at that house, and every member of it knows me for their well-wisher i cannot indeed express the pleasure it is to be met by the children with so much joy as i am when i go thither the boys and girls strive who shall come first when they think it is i that am knocking at the door and that child which loses the race to me runs back again to tell the father it is mr bickerstaff this day i was led in by a pretty girl that we all thought must have forgot me for the family has been out of town these two years her knowing me again was a mighty subject with us and took up our discourse at the first entrance after which they began to rally me upon a thousand little stories they heard in the country about my marriage to one of my neighbour's daughters upon which the gentleman my friend said nay if mr bickerstaff marries a child of any of his old companions i hope mine shall have the preference there is mrs mary is now sixteen and would make him as fine a widow as the best of them but i know him too well he is so enamoured with the very memory of those who flourished in our youth that he will not so much as look upon the modern beauties i remember old gentleman how often you went in a day to refresh your countenance and dress when turaminta reigned in your heart as we came in the coach i repeated to my wife some of your verses on her with such reflections on the little passages which happened long ago we passed our time during a cheerful and elegant meal after dinner his lady left the room as did also the children as soon as we were alone he took me by the hand well my good friend says he i am heartily glad to see thee i was afraid you would never have seen all the company that dined with you to-day again do not you think the good woman of the house a little altered since you followed her from the playhouse to find out who she was for me 
i perceived a tear fall down his cheek as he spoke which moved me not a little but to turn the discourse said i she is not indeed quite that creature she was when she returned me the letter i carried from you and told me she hoped as i was a gentleman i would be employed no more to trouble her who had never offended me but will to be so much the gentleman's friend as to dissuade him from a pursuit which he could never succeed in you may remember i thought her in earnest and you were forced to employ your cousin will who made his sister get acquainted with her for you you cannot expect her to be e for either fifteen fifteen replied my good friend ah you little understand that you have lived a bachelor how great how exquisite a pleasure there is in being really beloved it is impossible that the most beauteous face in nature should raise in me such pleasing ideas as when i look upon that excellent woman that fading in her countenance is chiefly caused by her watching with me in my fever this was followed by a fit of sickness which had like to have carried her off last winter i tell you sincerely i have so many obligations to her that i cannot with any sort of moderation think of her present state of health but as to what you say of fifteen she gives me every day pleasures beyond what i ever knew in the possession of her beauty when i was in the vigour of youth every moment of her life brings me fresh instances of her complacency to my inclinations and her prudence is regard to my fortune her face is to me much more beautiful than when i first saw it there is no decay in any feature which i cannot trace from the very instant it was occasioned by some anxious concern for my welfare and entrance thus at the same time methinks the love i conceive towards her for what she was is heightened by my gratitude for what she is the love of a wife is as much above the idle passion commonly called by that name as the loud daughter of buffoons is inferior to the elegant mirth of gentlemen oh she is an inestimable jewel in her examination of her household affairs she shows a certain fearfulness to find a fault which makes her servants obey her like children and the meanest we have has an ingenuous shame for an offence not always to be seen in children in other families i speak freely to you my old friend ever since her sickness things that gave me the quickest joy before her return now to a certain anxiety as the children play in the next room i know the poor things by their steps and am considering what they must do should they lose their mother and their tender years the pleasure i used to take in telling my boy stories of the battles and asking my girl questions about the disposal of her baby 
and the gossiping of it is turned into inward reflection and melancholy he would have gone on in this tender way when the good lady entered and with an unexpressible sweetness in her countenance told us she had been searching in her closet for something very good to treat such an old friend as i was her husband's eyes sparkled with the pleasure at the cheerfulness of her countenance and i saw all her fears vanish in an instant the lady observing something in our looks which showed we had been more serious than ordinary and seeing her husband receive her with great concern under a forced cheerfulness immediately guessed at what we had been talking of and applying herself to me said with a smile mr bickerstaff do not believe a word of what he tells you i shall still live to have you for my second as i have often promised you unless he takes more care of himself than he has done since his coming to town you must know he tells me that he finds london is a much more healthy place than the country for he sees several of his old acquaintances and schoolfellows are here young fellows with fair full-bottom periwigs i could scarce keep him this morning from going out open-breasted my friend who is always extremely delighted with her agreeable humour made me sit down with us she did it with that easiness which is peculiar to women of sense and to keep up the good humour she had brought in with her turned her raillery upon me you remember you followed me one night from the playhouse suppose you should carry me thither to-morrow night and lead me into the front box this put us into a long field of discourse about the beauties who were mothers to the present and shined in the boxes twenty years ago i told her i was glad she has transferred so many of her charms and i did not question but her eldest daughter was within half a year of being a toast we were pleasing ourselves with this fantastical preferment of the young lady when on a sudden we were alarmed with the noise of a drum and immediately entered my little godson to give me a point of war his mother between laughing and chiding would have put him out of the room but i would not part with him so i found upon conversation with him though he was a little noisy in his mirth that the child had excellent parts and was a great master of all the learning on the other side of eight years old i perceived him a very great historian in aesop's fables but he frankly declared to me his mind that he did not delight in that learning because he did not believe they were true for which reason i found he had very much turned his studies for about twelve months past into the lives and adventures of don belianus of greece guy of warwick the seven champions and the historians of that age i could not but observe the satisfaction the father took in the forwardness of his son and that these diversions might turn to some profit i found the boy had made remarks which might be of service to him during the course of his whole life 
he would tell you the mismanagements of john hickathrift find fault with the passionate temper and bevis of southampton and loved st george for being the champion of england and by this means had his thoughts insensibly moulded into the notions of discretion virtue and honour i was extolling his accomplishments when the mother told me that the little girl who led me in this morning was in her way a better scholar than he betty says she deals chiefly in fairies and sprites and sometimes in a winter night will terrify the maids with her accounts till they are afraid to go up to bed i sat with them till it was late sometimes in merry sometimes in serious discourse with this particular pleasure which gives the only true relish to all conversation a sense that every one of us liked each other i went home considering the different conditions of a married life and that of a bachelor and i must confess it struck me with a secret concern to reflect that wherever i go off i shall leave no traces behind me in this pensive mood i returned to my family that is to say to my maid my dog and my cat who only can be the better or worse for what happens to me end of chapter twelve read by elijah fisher